Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider and welcome to The Final Word. This is a show that invites you into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here on Channel 11 every Sunday night. And with that, Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists from our partners at DKPittsburghSports.com. Welcome back, Dan Kabachevich. Hi, Albie. All I got to do is get on base. All Benz has to do is get on base because Dale Lolly's coming up in the Yoshi Tatsugo role to knock one out of the park. <laughs> ah, from the trip, there he is, Steelers radio host Tim Benz. Well, speaking of that home run, I really do enjoy Greg Brown's Susu Sugio call a hell of a lot more than I ever did that stupid song from Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> and from DKPittsburghSports.com as well, Dale Wally. Hi, Dale. There are no backups here in this game tonight. This is all about the starters. Some of the topics we're talking about tonight. Five words on how the preseason changed your Steelers outlook. How ready will the defense really be on opening day? The backup quarterback situation and memories of the Pirates playoff run. Now that the last man standing from that, that era is gone. First, the night's big topic. The preseason is in the books for the Steelers. What's your biggest surprise or disappointment from the preseason? We start with Dayan. Uh, I'd say that my, my biggest surprise if you can call it that really has been that the Steelers offensive line isn't a catastrophe and I don't expect that it will be. I had more hopes about this group than most did, I think, uh, but watching them individually do things well, other than maybe Chooks Okorafor, who's been inconsistent, I somewhat at least a little bit have my hopes up, but I'd really like to see Zach Banner be able to stay on the field and I'd like to see the coaches be open minded about utilizing Dan Moore. Tim, you're up next. I'll go with a theme that I've been going with throughout the preseason. I didn't expect this to be the case, but from the word go, it's felt that way that this team is deeper than I expected. I think the depth of the front seven players is significantly better than I expected. Uh, there are lots of questions about how to deploy the players in the secondary, but some of them, including Trey Norwood and J uh, Pierre, and uh, also even Justin Lane as the preseason went along, don't look as lost as I thought they might be. And, and to go back to Dayon's point, a, a guy like Dan Moore, who looked really bad in the first couple of training camp sessions, got better as the preseason went along. So I do think the team is not as thin as I expected coming into the regular season after what I saw in the preseason. Dale? I'm going to go with a little bit of a disappointment here, and I'm, I'm a little disappointed that nobody other than Cam Sutton looks competent enough to play that, uh, that, that nickel corner mm -hmm. spot. I know a lot of people are looking at that and say, who, who's the nickel corner? Well, he's been there the whole time. The nickel corner is, is, is who we thought it, it would have to be if they couldn't find somebody else, and they couldn't find somebody else. All right, a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words. Give us five words on how much the preseason did or did not change your impression of how the Steelers will do this season. All right, first to social media, Twitter. Clay says, Colbert knows how to draft. Also on Twitter, hoping no starters get hurt. And from Facebook, excited for the regular season. 
Now it's the panel's turn. We'll start with Dan. Ben will throw it deep. That was one of my big concerns going into this camp. And from the first session at Heinz Field, you could see that Ben had no problem cutting it loose. It might not be what it was four or five years ago, but seeing him throw the ball that way, hearing him talk about the difference in his arm health, his arm strength compared to what it was in 2020, that, let's, hey, let's not pretend anything else matters more than this, right? Tim? A game or two, maybe. I had said 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one, only half-jokingly because I thought the Steelers would regress from where they were last year, and by law, Mike Tomlin can't finish below 500, so even into a 17-game <laughs> season, I just assumed a tie. So I said 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, but I still think they're kind of in that neck of the woods. I think they're a 9- or 10-win team, and if they get to 10, they'll definitely get into the playoffs. 9, it's probably going to come down to tiebreakers for that 6th or 7th spot. All right, five words, Dale. Not one little flipping bit. Nothing changed for me uh, from what I saw. I, I, I saw this team, you know, in every OTA practice, every, every one of their mini camp practices. They are who I thought they were. And, and to Tim's point, I think they're a 10 win football team. I honestly do. I thought that going into camp. I think it now. And as we see some of the attrition start to take place around the division and around the NFL, that only kind of solidifies what I thought. All right. Uh, Dale. Uh, excuse me, Dan, we have about 45 seconds that we're going to throw back to you. The Vegas over-under on wins for the Steelers is eight and a half. Where are you uh, in relation to the over-under? Well, both Tim and Dale said 10 wins. I, I, I'm in that range. I mean, think about... I think 10's the absolute yeah, high, yeah, I, by the way. 10's the absolute yeah, high. I'm I more mean, like nine. I mean, you're also, you're, you're looking at a team that's got legitimate star talent. I understand that they haven't filled in all the blanks, but they still maybe can do some of that between now and kickoff. Uh, I just, I look at that star level talent and think to myself, if the supporting cast can just do this, they're going to be okay. But one of those injuries that that one uh, tweeter mentioned, like you can't have injuries to a starter. They've already got one in Stefan Tuitt. Uh, we'll see when he comes back. And you know, you're going to get him. There's no such thing as yeah. going through a whole season where you don't have any injuries to starters. This is not going to happen. Yeah, it's just a matter of who that injured starter is. And for is. how long. And who is, he, who is he missing against as well also matters. All right. The Steelers again with a difficult schedule as well. So it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. Steelers are back at practice tomorrow, and they open up the season September 12th in Buffalo. More Steelers talk ahead, including any concerns about how ready the defense might be. Joey Bagadonut says if Bush isn't ready, Jobert can step in. TJ will be fine. Two, it is a big concern. All right, the panel's going to jump into all that when we return on The Final Word. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the final word. We're talking defensive readiness now. Devin Bush is recovering from last season's injury. Stephon Tuitt has the personal tragedy that has kept him off the field a good bit. T.J. Watt hasn't practiced fully with the team. 
How concerned are you about the defense hitting the ground running against the Buffalo Bills, Dale? I mean, it's going to be a concern against the Bills because the Bills have one of the best offenses in the league, and they're going to be a team that, as they did last year, uh, run at about uh, you know two out of every three plays. So it's going to get tested. Uh, but just because you know if they go to Buffalo and, and lose that game, it's not the end of the world. Uh, I think the defense is still one of the top five defenses in the league. I think that will prove to be the case over the course of the season. And let's remember, you didn't have a preseason last year to get this defense ready. They had 14 practices. These guys are going to be more ready than they were last year uh, to be to roll into the season. And I think it's going to be a really good defense. I'm not real super concerned about it. All right, from Twitter. I was concerned about the Steelers' defense before the preseason. This just adds to it. Dan? I think in addition to everything that you've mentioned, Albie, and that Dale just mentioned, you can throw in there Joe Schobert being new to the defense. You can throw in the uncertainty at nickel. Uh, there's a lot of different elements here right now that feel like a lot of moving parts, and that's not what you want when you're going against an established defense like Buffalo. That said, the Bills pretty much come at you with Stephon Diggs, as the Steelers found out in the second half of the game up there last year in Orchard Park. So the main part of your game plan has to be to shut him down and hope everyone else can just kind of catch up in a hurry. Tim? Yeah, and you better hope that your linebackers can cover underneath if you're playing as nickel as much as you are against Cole Beasley. You know, that comes into play too. Look, I, I thought when they were cruising last year that Buffalo was going to be the loss for them that was going to derail their unbeaten season until they lost before that uh, with games against, what was it, Washington and Cincinnati. So, like, I, I wouldn't be stunned if they lose this game to Buffalo. I know Buffalo hasn't had the easiest preseason themselves, and that might be because their defense isn't ready. Just, I, I know the big picture is this. They've got to, to use a Tomlinism, a new Tomlinism here that we got this week. They've got to squirrel away those nuts. Oh, he did say that. When it comes to wins <laughs> at some point in September and October, they've got to squirrel away wins because that meat grinder at the end of the year, baby, that schedule, oh, that's going to be man. tough down the stretch. You better have some W's squirreled away in the red barn that needs the red paint to make yourself feel comfortable going into December. <laughs> All right, sticking with the Steelers, the topic that dominated the preseason, the backup quarterback battle. Tim, uh, how did Friday night's outcome influence your opinion of the Steelers' backup QB situation? Uh, it didn't really influence my opinion because I always felt like you know, Mason Rudolph had improved at virtually the same rate that we had to give credit to Dwayne Haskins for improving. I mean, after all, Albie, uh, you know, we all have the image in our heads of Mason Rudolph not doing well against Cincinnati on the road and the, the horror show that was the Cleveland game, and we think he's never allowed to play better than that. And then, well, lo and behold, he did play better against Cleveland in the final game of last regular season. His numbers were pretty good in the preseason, and I, I just had this angst about the whole backup quarterback situation the entire uh, training camp and preseason because people just wanted to say, well, Dwayne Haskins is going to be better because he's here because he got black and gold pixie dust sprinkled on his head. Like, he's allowed to improve, but Rudolph isn't. And I think Rudolph has gotten better, too. I'm fine with Rudolph being the two, and let's see how Haskins does develop if uh, they got to choose between the two next season, maybe. All right, let's go back to the viewers from Facebook. Nothing really changed. All along, the team will be in trouble if Ben doesn't stay healthy. Dale, you're next. Look, Mason Rudolph was going to be number two. I've been saying it all along. Uh, Dwayne Haskins did not, by any stretch of the imagination, outplay him at any point during this whole process. Uh, and they had played equal. And to, you know, to be the champ, you got to knock the champ out. Uh, I get it. it. It's Mason Rudolph. But let's not pretend that, that you know, Dwayne Haskins was out there playing like Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's a checkdown artist. That's what he is. 
He checks down. He consistently did that, and people were ready to crown him as the next great thing. The only way he throws the football at this point in his career still is if a guy is running college wide open, and that doesn't happen in the NFL. So there's still a ways to go for Dwayne Haskins. Doesn't mean he can't get better. Doesn't mean he won't continue to grow, but he wasn't ready to be number two. DK? Uh, I feel like I, I've got to be the one that stands up for Haskins here. I, I thought he had a pretty good camp. I, I disagree with Dale. I thought there were times, occasions, where he did look better than Rudolph. Now, Rudolph also had a good camp, and I agree with both of you guys that there was a rush to anoint Haskins, I think, by the public because everybody's constantly looking for the next franchise quarterback around here. My own feeling is that the next franchise quarterback isn't here yet. These guys were vying for number two. If they were even doing that, Haskins did have a good camp. Haskins did improve his stock with the Steelers. Here's hoping something does come of it at some point. All right, turning to the Pirates, Gregory Polanco has been released, the last remaining player from the 2013 to 2015 uh, wildcard runs. Uh, with Polanco gone, how will those years now be remembered, Dan? Well, this, I mean, the sad part from the Pirates' perspective is that even though they made the playoffs those three years, they don't have a flag to show for it. That was something that Tony Watson talked to me about once after he was in already with the Giants. He said, that's the part that I regret the most is when I come back to PNC Park uh, later in my life, I'm going to look out there and there won't be a flag because they didn't win a division. Um, as a result, I can't even put that group in with the 90 through 92 teams. You know what I mean? Because there were division winners in there. It, it's different. But, hey, they did break the losing streak. They did break the 20-year streak. All right. From Twitter, the result of not going all in when you had a chance. Tim? Well, I'll go off of what Dan said about sort of comparing the eras. And I think that the three wildcard teams will be remembered incredibly fondly because they're an oasis in a desert otherwise of losing baseball. Uh, you know, that's true. They didn't win a pennant like the NL East teams did three years in a row. But I'd also say there was a level of disappointment there in the first two years for the NL East winners because they, I think a lot of people thought they'd win, especially the 91 year, mm -hmm. probably the 90 year, and then 92 would have been a bonus. And then just the heart gut-wrenching defeat in the manner that it happened in 92 uh, makes that a whole different kettle of fish for yeah. an argument. But, you know, I just, I still think even though they never won a pennant and never got beyond the wild card game, they'll be remembered fondly because so little else good has happened to this franchise. Dale? At this point, they're just going to be the start of another long losing streak. I mean, let, let's hope it's not another 20 years. But, you know, you, you, as, they, as you, you know, Tim and Dayon said, you really didn't win anything. Uh, you didn't, you know, you didn't even advance or win a series, uh, let alone win a division. So, you know, yes, it was nice to, to get into the playoffs. But man, you got to do something there every once in a while. You know, even if you just sprinkle in some winning seasons every once in a while, we can't go through another 20 years of, of just complete ineptitude. All right. When we come back, we're going to go around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. The final word. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Dan, you're up first. Yoshi Tsutsugo came up to the plate today with two guys on and one out in the ninth. The Pirates down a couple of runs, and he blasted that ball out of the ballpark. Well, at least to the upper river walk. What do you do with this guy? Five home runs in 27 at-bats since he's come over to the Pirates, but he's a free agent at the end of the year. 
He's going to turn 30 in November, and you're the pirates trying to build with youth and unable or unwilling, depending on your point of view, to go and compete in free agency. Do you even try to keep him? Would he want to stay? What a weird situation. It's hard to even figure out exactly why he's here. Tim, final word. Yeah, well, I have a particular sensitivity to this topic because I was such a proponent of the Steelers drafting J.K. Dobbins and mm. warred with many a Steeler fan about it, even though Chase Claypool turned out to be a good player. Now, that's a big loss for Baltimore, but it's funny to me that when I was leveraging J.K. Uh, Dobbins as the guy the Steelers should take, all I heard was, oh, Ohio State running backs are never any good in the NFL, and oh, J.K., he's not that explosive, he's not that good. Then he goes out and has a pretty good rookie yeah. season when given the chance. And now all you see on Twitter is Steelers fans saying, oh, Baltimore's done. They lost J.K. Dobbins. <laughs> Which one is it? Was he never any good or is he going to ruin the Ravens? I'm getting confused here. Uh, Dale, final word. Tim's often confused, but that's another story. <laughs> um, you know, when teams come out of the draft, they're often that's as good as they're going to look over the course of a season because injuries are going to happen. That's why, you know, a couple of weeks ago, ESPN put out a thing ranking the team's off seasons and ranked the Steelers dead last. Since the draft, however, the Steelers signed Melvin Ingram. They signed, uh, they, they traded for Joe Schobert. Uh, they acquired, a, you know, an offensive lineman in, in Trey Turner that, that's going to play a lot of uh, snaps for them this year. The regular season begins in two weeks. It didn't happen in the offseason. Winning the offseason is not the goal. Winning in the regular season, however, is. Dale, I got Cleveland on the phone for you. They have a problem with that assessment. They All like right. to win that offseason. They sure do. Thank you, guys. Our final word now from social media. I'm looking forward to seeing Ben operate with a real running back behind him. Hey, the Pirates are showing heart. Most counted them out, and understandably, before the season even started. And as we get set to go into September, only three teams in all Major League Baseball have a worse record than the Bucks. For the Pirates, though, uh, you might think that finishing strong and avoiding 100 losses, it's all that's there. Well, give credit where credit is due. The Pirates have won six of their last ten. On Thursday night, they'd score eight in the seventh to beat the Diamondbacks. Today, uh, Dayan talked about it with the walk-off home run. Derek Shelton has it at the very least. He's kept their spirits high. 31 games remain, and maybe what we're seeing is a team that's focused on much more than just avoiding what many think is inevitable, the 100 losses. I'm Albie Oxenrider, and that's the final word for tonight. For Day and Dale and Tim, see you next time.